0: Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we yell our uh, uh, questionable expertise into the yawning void of the internet. I'm Matt Herron. I'm Jeff.
1: I'm Louisa Herron. Did I I get that
0: right? I forgot to bring up the page
2: that I wrote down my intro on. You stumbled over it, but it was, uh, it was, it's been long enough enough since we recorded that neither of us uh, thought to jump on you about it, so.
0: There you go. That's a good, that's a positive step.
1: (laughs) I was uh, Uh, excited that Jeff uh, (laughs) has dropped the word mononymous because it's just a given now.
2: Yep. Uh,
0: yeah, if you just say Jeff, then you've saved time, which I realize isn't
2: your point. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not, it's, I sometimes just say Jeff and sometimes think it's funnier to say I anonymous guess, in there.
0: I guess if I had to sum up Jeff's humor style, it would be wasting other people's time <laughs> for fun.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's very true. And Jeff gets so excited to explain memes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, I did that I did that sincerely this morning because in I our saw Discord, because one of our friends was uh, said I don't get it about a meme. The funny <laughs> yes. thing
0: is you could have answered her question with one word and instead it was like 45
2: word paragraph. <laughs> I wanted her to understand the full context of what Avatar the Last Airbender and the Fresh Prince have to do with each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah Pretty that good. that um Meme is blowing up. I've seen it, like, four times today on Twitter.
2: God, that Fresh Prince scene makes me so sad every time. Yeah.
0: It is really sad, yeah.
2: I mean, so is is Avatar The Last Airbender, actually. Uh, Will Smith wasn't even good at acting yet, and it still is, like, very affecting. Mm -hmm. He was good
1: at acting like himself at the time, which is pretty charming.
2: Uh, I I really liked in... um, I heard something about the background of Gemini Man, that movie where he plays himself and a younger version of himself. Yeah. Uh, where the director, when he was doing the younger version scenes, kept being like, "No, no, no! You need to do a bad job acting because you were bad at acting when you were young." <laughs> That's crazy. Mm.
0: That's yeah. That doesn't make a lot of sense. No, I
2: I like I I think, I like it
0: too. That's why I'm conflicted.
2: I, I think that uh, Ang Lee did a good job getting that an accurate young Will Smith performance out of old Will Smith
3: Hmm,
0: (laughs) I would have liked if they just cut in scenes from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Has somebody done that?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's just the uh, clip of uh, Jazz getting thrown out the front door Which doesn't even
1: have Will Smith in it (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Did you call him Jazz? That's what he's called
0: on the show Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I genuinely didn't know that. I think I've maybe only watched, like, two episodes of Fresh Prince.
2: I actually don't know if they ever say Will's last name on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Well, wait, okay, so his uncle is his mom's brother? Is that right? No, no, his
1: his, his aunt is his mom's sister.
3: Okay. Uh, Okay.
0: That's established early
1: on, but it's still weird.
0: Yeah, because he has so much more of a relationship with his uncle who is yeah. not related to him in any way. Huh. Right. Okay, weird.
1: <laughs> it kind of Why makes more it... sense about how much his uncle hates that he's there at first, you know? That's true. <laughs> okay. Is, so... it Aunt, is that Aunt Viv? Yes. Yeah.
2: There's okay. two of them. Um, yeah. Yes. So his character's name is William Smith, even though the actor's name yeah. is Will- Willard, Willard Smith. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: Could we start calling him Mitt Smith?
1: Mm, yes. I don't like that. No, <laughs> no it's I too like it. flat. It's too small and flat for a name. We're going to have to I just, call Jaden, really like, wanna... Foot
2: or whatever Mitt's sons are. <laughs> yeah. I just want to
0: roast Mitt Romney for being called Willard.
2: Yeah. I want to roast him for being called Mitt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's bad both ways. Just, Just be Bill Romney. Come on.
0: Bill is such a politician name.
2: Exactly. Already?
0: Just go with it.
1: Oh, come on I bet man. he would have
0: been elected president, and none of these things would have happened if he <laughs> was called Bill Romney.
1: <laughs> these things, the past several years. <laughs> yeah, we would have- Gestures
0: to time.
1: We wouldn't have gotten <laughs>
2: Obama's second administration, which directly led to Trump winning the election. <laughs> Instead, I mean, we would is... have had Romney as president, which I don't yeah, know that's... if that's better. <laughs> I mean, it would be
0: worse economically for everyone except for the extremely rich, but it might have been better sociologically in terms of us, you know, murdering each
2: other. I don't know. (laughs) No, I'm fully accelerationist. I want us to just uh, bring back Ronald Reagan's corpse and make him the president so that we all go to war with each other.
0: I do like the idea of somebody posthumously impeaching Ronald Reagan.
1: (laughs) I would love that. Oh, like they did did to that one pope where they dug him up and put him on trial?
2: Yeah! (laughs) Dug him up!
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, they did. (laughs) The papacy is wild, (laughs) the history of the papacy.
0: Yeah, I just like that energy though would be uh, incredible in a politician. Jeff, this is why you need to run for office because I think you could get this to happen. No, I would. If be... you became a if you became a member of the House of Rep- Representatives, I could see you walking in on day one and submitting paperwork to impeach the corpse of Ronald Reagan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would be so extremely canceled as a politician for this podcast, at mm-hmm. least.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I genuinely thought about. I think I've said this on the show before. I've thought about running for office and realized that I've said too many times how much I wish somebody would kill Donald Trump on this
2: podcast. <laughs>
1: although, well, maybe the strategy now.
2: of just not being ashamed of it would work.
1: Yeah, I yeah. think it would in this political climate. Be- right. But no one
2: has no one has tried not being ashamed of it except Donald Trump, so I don't know. It's not been repeated as an experiment.
0: Yeah, I definitely don't have the dirtbag appeal that Donald Trump does, which I think are the only people that can forgive that kind of stuff, unfortunately. Is he, I don't know.
2: I is think he it, anybody will. Is he the only rich person who's also somehow white trash?
0: Hmm. No, I think most rich people are white <laughs> trash. That's the problem. Yeah, that's true. Working
2: class people <laughs> yeah. are actually
0: good. Do <laughs> you remember that that Koch brother's son who just makes jazzy Hawaiian shirts?
1: <laughs> yes! yes! Oh my god, that large adult <laughs> son. I forgot about him.
0: <laughs> oh, he's so good. <laughs> He's wow. the reason that I don't want higher taxes on uh, inheritance.
1: Well, let's see. Time to cancel Matt. <laughs> Not for the things he thought it was for. but for I this. was
0: obviously being sarcastic. <laughs> it's just very funny. Pat anyway, fair
1: use. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Louisa, what did you do this week?
1: Uh, this week I got a new game that is an old game that's now been put on the Switch, and that is mm-hmm. Super Mario 3D World slash Bowser's Fury, because you get both games in the little package. Mm-hmm. And, um... So are they... Oh, sorry. Oh, no. I like them all right. They've got all the good Mario look and feel, but they're kind of hard as games, and I don't enjoy that so much. What are you going to say? Is
0: Bowser's Fury a new game, or is it just, like, DLC for the old one? I have no idea. Jeff, do you
1: know? It is a new
2: game, uh, using the same engine, but it has a totally different feel because it's not set up structurally the same as. The-
1: yeah, it's set up a lot more like Super Mario Odyssey, where the little challenges are not separate from the overworld; like they're part of the overworld. Hmm. Yeah,
2: it's it's sort of like its own uh, slightly larger Odyssey um, uh, planet. Did you go to planets yeah. or countries?
1: <laughs> they <laughs> countries. Were they were, were they were planets, weren't they? Were they on the uh, same, uh, same world? Oh yeah, no, I think were they were they? on the same planet.
0: Okay. okay. No, wait, I don't think they were. It wasn't Mm. putting moons into your hat spaceship.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It falls apart so fast. I think it was just just an
2: airship.
0: Other dimensions or something? Maybe it was an airship. You're right. Wait, Mm. that doesn't make sense.
1: (laughs) Was it like an H.G. Wells style spaceship? is why it had a big air balloon perhaps. Yeah, he was You, to go, the to the of the you go to the moon. You
0: do go to the moon. You do go to the moon.
1: Yeah, so you don't go to other planets
2: because you go to the moon as the big finale. No, yeah. you start on the moon. That, no you that's don't. So true. What?
1: <laughs> you start Where's in that you start. You start in Halloween town with all the hats. You're
2: in like a weird space crater though. It's not Earth. Yeah, it yeah, is. No, it's it's hat, Halloween it's, land. There's it's it's pickle town.
1: Yeah. We can't no. stop
2: here. This is hat country and then Mario leaves.
1: <laughs> I
0: genuinely think that the first stage of Mario is in outer space in some way. No,
2: it's, it's, it's just, just where Everything's purple there's,
0: and black. There's that weird ocean of clouds that
2: you're in. It's That's just not an Earth thing. We don't do that on Earth. It's, it's, just what King, it's what the Cap Kingdom is like.
1: Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It's you also go back in time to Dinosaur Land, so yeah, none of it makes sense. <laughs> so it's a time machine, spaceship, airship.
0: I don't think you actually do go back in time. I think there's just a place where yeah. there's dinosaurs. It's just right?
2: like a land of lost Oh, like Ross Skull situation. Island. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. God, how many different things are there where there's just like an island that dinosaurs never died? I do think people it's love so, that idea.
0: It's so wild that so much of the like you know 20th century fiction was like, mm, what if there were dinosaurs? Like, yeah, we all think about it all the time. <laughs> That's all anyone's ever thinking about. You don't need to write it down,
2: H.G. Wells. Mm, But But you do need to write it down, Michael Crichton. Thank you so much for
1: writing it down. Yes. He just took the same idea and put a little bit of science on it. Like, the barest veneer of science. Yeah, that was his whole
0: deal. But he did it much better in almost every other book he wrote.
1: I love...
2: I love that he clearly had, like, a uh, uh, wild hair of his ass about the idea of a theme park that kills you, and was like, yes, <laughs> Westworld wasn't good enough. I gotta, I gotta try this again.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, maybe these fuckers will like it if it's fucking dinosaurs, he said to himself.
1: <laughs> I mean, we say it like he's bitter about the uh, failure of Westworld, which was quite successful and became a successful movie. Oh, yeah, so, that's yeah.
2: true. There were sequels to it. <laughs> or yeah, one, true. Future World.
0: I don't there remember. were, I I think like most of Michael Crichton's books were made into very successful movies.
1: Yeah, or TV shows. Yeah,
0: or TV shows. Yeah, I've read almost all of them except yeah. for the weird ones about Vikings because I don't care.
2: Was the Andromeda Strain a movie? That's his like it famous was. early it, book. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's very scary. And it's a really good book. It's maybe my favorite book of his, although Sphere oh. is also very
2: good. Uh, I don't think I've, strangely, uh, despite being a fan of sort of broad mass-market fiction of that style, I don't think I've ever read Michael Crichton.
0: I think that you would like Sphere. I think yeah. you should try reading Sphere.
1: I've only read Jurassic Park, but it's a quick read. Like, it's one of those, uh, you pick it up at the airport and you, like, read it on the beach. Like, it, it's yeah, exciting goes it fast.
0: It's the sci-fi equivalent of a John Grisham novel. Like, it's something that you read when you don't really want to put too much work into it.
2: There's, (laughs) like, there's that tier where it's, like, um, John Grisham, James Patterson... um, uh, Danielle Steele. Danielle Steele, Dean Koontz. (laughs) But then there's, like, one level up, which I think is Michael Crichton and Stephen King...
0: Yeah, Yeah. maybe. Although I think Michael... Even though I don't like Stephen King's writing, I do think Michael Crichton is maybe one notch below Stephen King in terms of being important literarily. Yeah, that's fair.
1: It's mostly just like exciting things happening all the time to keep your interest.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Like, Stephen King's books are boring, which is why I don't like them, but also <laughs> probably why they are good books.
1: Yeah, because they actually have a message about, you know, racism yeah. or homophobia or whatever. Right. Um, it is very good. Uh,
2: I think it's the only of his boring books that's actually good, though.
1: Wait, what
0: is very good?
2: Uh, the, <laughs> yeah. one about on the, the one about the mean clown. <laughs>
0: Uh, wait, you—you you he wrote a book about just the average clown that you would experience on a day to day. I'm I'm trying to make a vaudeville with you, Jeff, <laughs> against <No>. your will. <laughs> this I is a vaudeville where
1: you keep making oblique statements, and Jeff gets angrier <laughs> and angrier. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly moral oh, yeah. and Harvey. Yeah, I was gonna say, I guess
2: it is. <laughs> then I just I pull out a gun and shoot you, and you catch the bullet in your teeth. Yeah,
1: we just and turn into say a. Circus thanks act. for
0: providing lunch,
2: Jeff, <laughs> and then I eat the bullet. <laughs> Get out a napkin and
1: tuck it into your shirt.
0: Yep, I get out a knife and fork and slice the bullet into thin slices like Mickey Mouse.
1: Oh god, I love that one. He eats that bean. The giant <laughs> so bean! so good! Oh, I could watch that forever. I don't know why. Something's so pleasing about him cutting that bean. <laughs> I love the idea that the
0: story of Jack and the Beanstalk, the ultimate reward Jack gets is the beanstalk, not the magic harp or anything from the giant land. Yes.
1: Uh, Speaking of beanstalks, there are some (laughs) in Super Mario games, (laughs) which I have been playing. Are there Mm -hmm. beans on it? No, Mm. but
0: it's a pretty good. I've debunked your argument.
1: That's true. I have a hard time with, um, we've talked about this before, but uh, they come from a. Uh, two dimensional platformer, the Mario mm. games. And then when they got to three dimensions, sometimes it's hard to figure out that third dimension, so you're like, I'm timing my jump correctly, and you time the jump correctly, but you are jumping <laughs> several, uh, spaces to the side of the platform you're trying to jump onto, because you didn't take that z axis into account properly. Yep. Has 3D platforming
0: ever been good? Yes.
1: Mm. I do That's like plan. some of the tricks they do. Uh,
2: I, I think that. Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury uh, does not, like, it's weird because it's technically a 3D platformer, but the way it feels is like uh, like a 2D Mario game. It's like that constrained. I think yes. that Mario 64 and Mario Odyssey and Mario Galaxy are good 3D platformers.
3: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think they do all right. Um, I thing- think, I
2: think, oh, sorry, go on.
1: Well, there's good tricks, like just in one level, you are backlit, so you see a shadow along the wall. This one's set up more like 2D, even though it's still 3D. So as you're walking along the wall and seeing shadows of enemies, you fight them, but then you see a shadow of a star, but there's no star in front of you. And then you realize if you come along the Z axis towards the camera, there's Mm. the star on a little platform forward that you didn't see along the side that you were traveling along. You know? It's
3: not how
0: shadows work. No,
1: it's not. You're right.
0: much bigger. (laughs) Um, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's fun, and I think that all the games that Jeff listed are good platformers and, like, fine games, good games, Um, but... I feel like the three D aspect of them always is a little bit not great. Like every every three D platformer is always like, Yeah, look at your character's shadow so that you can like mentally conceptualize where they are in the depth or whatever. Yeah. And I wanna say, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't I hate that. have to do that. <laughs> your game is bad if I can't like understand with my brain what's happening
2: yeah i i think that that is true about any game that truly tries to deal uh with travel in three dimensions
0: yes i agree even if it's not a platformer and platforming is the one that most relies on you having a good mental understanding of where your character is in this fictional space
2: Mm, so have you tried doing platform sections in a first person shooter because those are so much worse (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's a kind of 3D platforming, isn't it? Right, is it?
2: but it's, it's not well, a 3D
1: platform game. What that's is the name cool. for um, when things are three dimensions but only in like a cubert way? Is that called isometric? Yes, yes. Where you're, like it's a fixed camera, but it's always at 45 degrees to the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I think mm-hmm. that can be okay because of the fixed camera. So you Ooh, do have always I got know where some
0: extremely long Final Fantasy games for you to play. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, Yes, I
1: know. Yes,
2: that that (laughs) that point of view is is what all of the like Captain Toad levels are, and I love them so much.
1: Actually, those use 3D (laughs) pretty well because um, there's no everything in those is a strategic move, so you're not trying to rush and Mm -hmm. time jumps and things. So you you can't jump. Yes, exactly. You turn your the cube of the level all around to see where you are and where other things are as a little puzzle, and I think that does 3D very well.
0: Here's a question for you, and this is going to sound like I'm joking, but I am serious. Why haven't they released 3D platformers like Mario 3D World in VR? Huh.
3: I don't mm-hmm. mean like
0: you are in the game, you are Mario, but like VR does handle 3D extremely well. You could have a VR world where you are sitting in front of a TV playing this game, (laughs) but it's truly in 3D. There was...
2: There was Super Mario 3D Land on the 3DS, which had a 3D the 3D feature. Um, yes, that but no one used well. it because
0: it was terrible.
2: Uh, it, it worked pretty well in the games that utilized the 3D feature, but I also understand like it was kind of hard to look at sometimes. It was yeah. brain
0: poison for anyone over the age of twenty. You were too young <laughs> to realize, Jeff, but the rest of us.
1: Uh, I, the, I think the I reason reason was like they twenty-five. Had...
0: I I don't believe you
1: I think the reason they haven't ported those Is because those games are not true 3D There's nothing rendered in three dimensions In those levels They are set up from a couple camera angles For you to look at
0: But But that's how 3D works with VR as well.
1: Oh, is it? Okay. I feel like it's not... It's just
0: showing each of your eyes a different camera angle of the same thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's okay. It would be nice to see ones that are truly rendered in 3D, which is more like what Captain Toad does, but Mm -hmm. you don't see a whole lot of games like that. Yeah,
0: but either or both would work very well in a... Somebody should create a like 3d arcade platform where you could where you are in a virtual world that is just a computer with a, or, or a TV with a console attached to it yeah. and you can put cartridges in to play every 3ds game or whatever
1: yeah uh, so 3d world it's kind of what you expect it's a smaller game than I thought it didn't take me very long to get to I'm on the seventh world I haven't beaten that yet but that's like Bowser's carnival kind of ask- world.
0: Did you ask Nintendo for a refund?
1: (laughs) I feel like I want to, because it was $60 for these two games. I
0: can't
2: fucking believe that. (laughs) And they are
1: not worth $60. Ah! I sat down and
2: 100%ed both of them in less than a week, but I had a good enough time that I don't feel bad about
1: spending the money. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's good. I'm disappointed more with um, uh, Bowser's Fury, because it doesn't help you have a good time as much as other Mario games (laughs) do. It doesn't explain things to you as well. Like The thing I always thought that was key about Mario Worlds is they would introduce something like, now here's a fire flower, and it would tell you what it does, or show you With pictures, so that if you are a child or if you are speaking a different language, it's very easy for everyone to understand. This is what is going to happen when you do this. You have this power now. This is how this works. And then the next level that it gives you is a way to show you the benefits of this new thing.
2: Yeah.
1: In Bowser's Fury, there are many times where it's very unclear what is happening and why. For instance... You you collect things to help light up lighthouses. And I did, and I lit up the lighthouse, and I was like, great, let me move on to this next area. And then later I realized that the first area, the lighthouse had gone back to broken, being covered in black slime. And I had no idea why. And there's nothing in the game that tells you, oh, actually, that's going to happen several times, and you're going to have to relight the lighthouse several times. But the fact that it shows you the lighthouse covered in slime, the slime breaking away, and the lighthouse lighting up and sparkling, and that's not the end stage for that lighthouse, is kind of fucked up.
0: Yeah, that's wild. So wait, you have to play the same level over and over again?
1: These little parts to the level have new challenges that come up, yes. So they might there might be three or five different challenges in this one little section, and you won't know about the next set of challenges until you do the first ones, and that's not yeah. ever explained to you. You just have to figure that out. I don't like that.
2: Matt, it's sort of like uh, a Mario 64 level, where there's... Yeah, I
0: was thinking that, yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: But But after you get the first of the things... It adds in the, like, propeller boxes that let you just kind of fly around the level, which is uh, very fun to not have to do the same goddamn thing over and over.
1: Yes, that's true, but I feel like the game doesn't explain things enough to you it gives you things that are easy to figure out but then there are other things that are very hard to figure out and it doesn't make sure that you understand those things and that's yeah frustrating it's, to me.
2: it 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 is definitely not designed as like a game for people who haven't already played the other game yeah mm. <laughs> It is, so. it is very much like uh, uh, an expansion pack for for people who have enjoyed and would like more of Super Mario 3D World. Yeah,
0: I feel like Nintendo falls into that trap more often than we than we realize. Of like a game that comes out that you really do need quite a bit of context to understand the like the mechanics of the game are simple, but why is this thing happening? You really need to have played this game from 35 years ago to understand it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I'm frustrated that... In this game, things don't stay fixed, like I just said, because you're used to in a Mario game, you do stage like 1-1, and then you do it, and your little flag goes up, and like you've done that level. That level is done. You're moving on. Mm -hmm. But this one doesn't work that way, and I don't want to spoil anything about Bowser attacking, but he attacks sometimes, and then you have the option to fight him, or sort of hide and wait for him to go away. Except after a while, he won't go away, and there's nothing for you to know that that's going to happen, Mm. and then you have to fight him differently if you do fight him, and there's also nothing to let you know that's going to happen. So, I'm frustrated. They're okay, but...
0: (laughs) Sounds boring. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I'm a little disappointed in those games. Oh,
0: well. Yeah. Uh, I've, it, we don't have to re litigate it because Jeff will get very angry at me again, <laughs> but I still think that maybe Mario games aren't as good as people think they are. Um, <laughs> eh,
1: I don't know if I agree with that, but.
2: I, I noticed some of the. Um... Uh, Mario has this very specific design philosophy that I've I've seen dissected. And I re- like it really showed when I played 3D World um, in a way that wasn't entirely unpleasant. Like, when mm-hmm. it introduces a new gimmick for the stage, it introduces it in a way where you can't die when you're trying to figure out how this special new platform works. Yes! Mm. And then in the next section, uh, you can die. And then in the next section, it introduces a new enemy... Or and then uh in the
0: next section,
2: if you die in the game, you die in real life. Oh, no! Exactly. <laughs> no. So now you're trying to jump on this new platform with this new enemy and the Grim Reaper is coming up behind you in real life.
0: Mm-hmm. You can see his specter in the reflection in your video game screen.
1: <laughs> then you're visited by three ghosts. <laughs> yeah. You must change your ways. With, he's bound with ever, the chains
2: he forged in life.
1: Do you, do you guys ever
0: when you're playing Switch in a handheld mode, um like as it's doing a scene transition or something, it turns into a black mirror and you can see mm-hmm. your own face and you it's think horrible. about how you are wasting your life. Yes.
2: Yeah. No, it turns into a black mirror and I'm replaying my memories in my eyeball camera. Mm-hmm.
0: that's. I we know your that's your favorite episode of Black Mirror,
2: Jeff. No, it's not. My favorite episode this is the one where the prime minister bangs a pig. <laughs> God. <laughs> It, uh, it wasn't my favorite until we found out that David Cameron probably did that in college. Yeah. <laughs> and that the creator of Black Mirror might have known about it.
0: God. I like the one where you have to ride a bicycle until you become a superstar. <laughs> like an a American Idol star.
2: Yeah. That's uh, the one
1: with yeah.
2: uh, the guy from Get Out in it, right?
1: Yes. Yes. And the woman from Downton Abbey. Everyone's I do love how that having. whole
0: I love how that whole episode is building to like oh man when she performs this song it's going to be the most touching and beautiful and amazing song and then she sings it and it's such dog shit <laughs> <laughs> but everyone in the show is so moved by it and you're like this really this sucks <laughs> uh,
1: anyway we've gotten a far off track Jeff what did you do this week. Uh, I played
2: a... Um, I'm going to touch on this game briefly, and then we'll, we'll talk about, obviously, the Pokémon Direct. Um, <laughs> I played a game f- that I've had for the Nintendo Wii U for a while, and I mm-hmm. thought that it had been ported elsewhere, but it hasn't. So I played it on the Wii U, and I realized the reason it hasn't been ported elsewhere is because, oh, uh, well, I should say, it's called Affordable Space Adventures. Uh, the Wii U gamepad is your, like, spaceship's control panel... Mm. Uh, where you, like, redirect power to the systems uh, and, like, switch things on and off, and it's too much to be able to do with just buttons. So I... And in addition to that, like, uh, you can tilt the ship with the the motion control, like, a little bit. Um, Is this,
1: like, the Among Us challenges where you just have to do quick little uh, puzzly things?
2: Uh, I would say... Hmm. No, not really, but okay. it it has a I guess a similar feel. It would be like if you had. Oh my to god! Do I
0: it. was thinking Last of Us for so long, there. but and <laughs> I was like, I, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Is there like those? Uh, what are those things where you have to zombies. press the buttons, quick time events to oh. kill mushroom zombies? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry.
2: It's a it's a 2D side scroller and. Uh, each level is like a little environmental puzzle where you have to get your spaceship to the other side, but there's stuff like uh, robots that will uh, attack you if they detect too much heat, so you have to switch to your electric engine instead of your fuel engine. Ah, or ones that will uh, attack you if you make too much noise, so you have to like turn your engine off and drift past and stuff like that. That pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it was very fun and very enjoyable, so if anyone has a Wii U that that they're willing to inexplicably hook up to their television again, like <laughs> me, because I'm an insane person, uh, give affordable space adventures a shot.
0: but And if you want a Wii U that you could hook up to your TV and want to give me like $50, then let me know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Wii U's, I think, are going to start to get become like, because there's not that many of them, because nobody bought them. But yep. people are starting to want them for to be emulation machines because ah. they can play literally every Nintendo game up to and including the Wii U, um, excluding, like, Virtual Boy. Um,
0: yeah. Oh, so, man, someone needs to make a Virtual Boy VR simulator. Fuck, that would be cool.
2: They have it. I have an <laughs> emulator on my VR headset, and I played a... Oh, really? Mario v- Tennis,
1: Wario tennis Land. the only one. Oh.
0: The Tennis one? Oh, yeah. yeah, the Wario Land one is good, too. The Tennis um, one that
1: nobody Remembers and has no new characters in it. <laughs> no new <of those> <laughs> characters. Uh,
0: it was really cool. I, I liked it. Um, hmm, I'll have to check that out. I, yeah. I I know you are much more comfortable than I am with. Uh, Loading third-party illegal software onto your extremely expensive (laughs) electronics. It's
2: not (laughs) illegal, it's just an APK for an app.
0: Yeah, but, like, you have to crack the operating system of the thing.
1: You you say not illegal, but Nintendo will say, we're not fixing your thing anymore because you are bad. (laughs)
2: Like, that, that me putting android on my switch yes you're not supposed to do that uh but it's like you could plug your vr headset into your computer and it's just like yeah this is an android tablet you can install apps on it
0: yes that's true but i feel like a lot of the time when i'm like I'm nervous to do this. And you're like, no, you could just explain it this way. I, it sounds good when you say it, but if, you know, uh, Papa Facebook called me up and was like, hey, you really fucked up our VR set you got there, huh, bud? And I, I I feel like I wouldn't feel super comfortable being like, no, my friend Jeff said it was okay.
1: <laughs> Maybe you've heard um, of him, the mononymous Jeff.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, Yeah.
0: Um, (laughs) They assume it's Jeff Bezos, and they're like, okay, yes, you can have whatever you want. Yeah, we hate that guy. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, So there was a Nintendo Direct for Pokemon. Uh, The 25th -hmm. anniversary of the series was yesterday, as we are recording this. And they announced um, remakes of Diamond and Pearl, but... Unlike the previous remakes, they are attempting to, like, mimic the traditional art style, but in 3D, so they look sort of like that Link's Awakening remake.
0: (laughs) I feel like they are way... Like, they put a lot of work into making 3D assets for uh, Sword and Shield, and now they're trying to milk it every way they can. Like, that's what... I know Let's Go... Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee were pre-Sword and Shield, but clearly they'd already made a lot of the assets, and they were like, we gotta get more money out of these assets, you guys.
2: The um, They originally made the most of the assets for X and Y, and then used mm. the same assets in Pokemon Go and Let's Go, and then remade the assets yeah. for some reason for Sword and Shield, which is part yeah. of why they didn't include every Pokemon. Yeah. Which
1: is nuts. Yeah, Um, it's it's a waste of time.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's all dumb, but also getting mad about it is dumb, so whatever.
1: (laughs) I never played Diamond and Pearl. Were those particularly good uh, generations? I enjoyed them. (laughs) (laughs) Mm.
0: The problem is, every Pokemon game, the plot is for the littlest of babies. Oh yeah, of course. And it's so stupid and falls apart instantly under any kind of trying to understand what's going on.
1: Some of the games are very fun to me and some aren't. Like, I played either black or white and I only got, like, halfway through the game and I was like, fuck this. But I really enjoyed the one that came after it, the one before... X and Y? Yes, X and Y. I enjoyed that one very much. So X and Y, I don't know
0: that I can explain why I think X and Y are better, but, like... I th- I played the original Pokemons and then I didn't play any other ones I think until X and Y. Mm-hmm. And I went back and tried to play some of those ones in between, and I was like, I don't think I missed anything with this, actually.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's weird. Uh,
2: so for me, the there's an aspect in the first two generations, the like Game Boy, Game Boy Color games, that is not present later, which is sort of a, a resource management aspect, where like you have to make sure you have enough items to get to the next town. But if you fill up your bag, you're not going to have enough room for any cool items you might find in the cave
3: mm-hmm. um,
2: and you have to make sure like, you're portioning your team out correctly because you need to have HMs to like make it easier to get around the world but like, most of the HMs are not very good in battle so it's this interesting balancing act that I think later because those features are annoying to uh, the vast majority of people who just want to fight cute monsters yeah. um, they kind of removed that stuff uh, which is a little disappointing for me. That, kind of, that
0: shit stresses me out, though. Like, yeah, I often <laughs> want to play a video game to not have to think too hard about stuff.
1: Yeah, if your inventory is too small, my closet's too small, and I always have to yeah. throw things away to get new clothes. Like, I don't need to do that in a game, too.
0: I, uh, <laughs> I, th- I finished Dragon Quest eleven last night, and... I discovered very late into the process that I wanted to platinum it. I didn't get quite there, but I was only three or four trophies away. But anyway, um, as I was going through it, I realized, and I, I confirmed it online. There are zero missables in that game. There is nothing that you can go past that you can't go back to get later, which is Uh wild considering that the entire planet is remade four times in that game. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think they did a really good job at that. Although I'm disappointed that I am one shy of the quests. There's one quest I didn't finish. And yes. I, got the me- I got the medal saying you finished all the quests. I'm like, well, yes. what the
0: shit? <laughs> I didn't get the medal finish all the quests because they they changed it for S. Because the last quest is a real fucking son of a bitch. And it's the reason I decided not to platinum the game. Because literally I spent 35 hours trying to get it. And I was like, fuck this actually. Fuck this quest and fuck this game.
1: <laughs> is that the gambling one?
0: It is, yes.
1: I did that one because I found out the secret, but I can't do a different one because you're supposed to do it after the game, which I thought meant after the whole game, but now I realize, having finished the game, that's not what it meant. <laughs> so I have to go figure out
0: how to do it. Now I need to know which quest this is.
1: This is the one about finding the special angel essence at the world tree, and it's like, only someone who saved the world would be able to do this.
0: Oh, yeah, I did that one pretty quickly. Okay, I
1: I got it. I didn't even look for it, because I'm like, after the game, I got it, but now I've beaten the game, and there is no after the game.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you saved the world tree, like... So many times in that game. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about Pokemon. We're not talking about Dragon <laughs> Quest, even though Dragon Quest is a much better RPG than uh, Pokemon.
1: Is. Oh, they would let you capture those creatures in a good way, they not like the game. That. They did not like the game that they did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I yeah, they did good. do it. <laughs> I love Dragon Quest Monsters. I played, well, back then it was Dragon Warrior Monsters. I played that game on the Game Boy probably as much as I played Pokemon Red. Mm. Um, it just was, like, infinitely generated levels, and when you bred the monsters together, the parents would, you wouldn't have them anymore, but you'd have a, like, much more powerful, completely different variety of monster. Ugh, oh, delightful. Weird.
1: <laughs> hmm. Maybe they'll remake that and I'll play it. So,
0: Are they I I genuinely think Dragon Quest might be the property that has best transition to other genres yeah. because Dragon Quest Builders is great as like a you know, crafting game.
1: Yeah, it is very
0: good.
1: Um, it's weird. It has so much lore. I was thinking about that finishing uh, Dragon Quest Eleven because yeah, um, you get outfits for some of the past heroes, and I'm like, what the I didn't hell is know- this? <laughs> the hell is this guy with a bandana on his head? I don't know. That's Dragon Quest 8 hero. Yeah, I know! I never played that one!
0: (laughs) I didn't know, and this may be spoilers, but I think it's something that you were supposed to know, and I just didn't, (laughs) um, that Dragon Quest XI is a prequel to all of the other games.
1: Yeah, except not... Yes! I know what you're saying, but not the classic game, because they reference that constantly.
0: No! No, 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 no. Because you are you are collecting all of the stuff and learning about erdwin the old A hero of light in in this game. No, it's
1: Erdric. Erdwin's the other. No, no. (laughs) Listen
0: to what I'm saying. You are following in the steps of Erdwin. You get his armor, you get his sword, etc., etc. And then at the end of the game, when you finish the whole game, the dragon of light comes out and is like, "I now name you Sir Erdric, the hero of light, who is the one who, in Dragon Quest One, you get his sword and shield to become the dragon warrior."
1: But we find out in one of the early ones, maybe three, that Er Erdrick is just a title. Yes. Even though that's crazy.
0: and you are the first Erdrich, according to the dragon, the egg dragon, at the end of this game. Why is the it, first Erdrich. Why does
1: the dragon talk about the Earth having been created and destroyed already, then?
0: Because that happened before humans were created. She says, then God I decided it. to create life on Earth, so <laughs> nothing sh- could have
2: happened before oh, that God. with a
0: hero. <laughs> <That>
2: fucking game! <laughs> Such a strange retcon, because I thought the idea in 3 was like, oh, it's a twist, we're creating this title, Erdrick, for you. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Now now it, the twist is all the stuff that you did in this game was uh, background uh, story for the first one. Yep. But now but they're like, the first... no, actually, there's a different earlier one.
0: Now there's the first Erdrick, I I guess. don't like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I
1: don't like it one bit. Uh, Anyway, Pokemon is pretty easy to understand. (laughs) They don't do a lot of uh, time travel.
2: They showed off some Pokemon Snap. Although, the new one, the new open world one. So what I like is uh, Game Freak saw people being like, we just want a regular Pokemon game. Can you give us just a normal one? Um, Because Sword and Shield were very unusual. I mostly enjoyed them, but there were some parts where I'm just like, this is kind of tedious um so they got another studio to remake diamond and pearl as like normal pokemon games and game freaks next game is some kind of weird open world thing taking place in feudal Sinnoh.
1: (laughs) that is a
0: cool idea actually
2: i I looks
0: so fucking cool
2: (laughs) i think that it like, I trust Game Freak as a developer. I'm glad they're giving us both things, though, because I do crave that, like, the game Pokemon. Like, sometimes I want to just play Pokemon. Like, sometimes I want to play Solitaire or Tetris. I don't understand
1: <laughs> what you're talking about, because how are any of the Pokemon games not Pokemon games?
2: The... I mean, if they're getting farther away. It from would, what? <laughs> from, from the core of, like, you have six monsters with... Uh they well they all have six monsters four moves fighting but like Let's Go has no wild pokemon battles. Right.
1: So I'm discounting that one. Why are Sword Which and Shield not? sucks?
2: Sword mm. and Shield the difference is um it's just like it's very open ended in the wild area and then everything else is so linear that it is, okay. like, you walk from... You walk out of the Pokémon Center and a cutscene activates, then you walk ten feet to the right and another cutscene activates, and characters are constantly just telling you where to go next. Okay,
3: yeah. Um,
2: mm-hmm. Which kind of kills it. That, it kills the... That's the rapper uh, that kills the core game
0: for mm, me. Parappa the rapper killed the core game, if you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> game of rapping to a beat? Yep. <laughs> okay,
0: yep.
2: <laughs> yeah, he uh, handed it off to Lamy.
0: Yeah, now that's a good, now that's a game. (laughs) Now that's what I call video game.
1: I do like, this actually ties things together. Um, Dragon's Quest 11 and the new Pokemon game. I like that they seem to be using kind of the Breath of the Wild framework, maybe even the assets, I don't know, to just have a beautiful outdoor world where you roam around.
0: Yeah, I also like how, again tying it together with Dragon Quest XI (laughs) and this new uh, Pokemon game, there's a move... I I thought you were going to say this, Jeff, when you were talking about how how Pokemon has moved away from its core. The fact that they are making it so that monsters are visible on the world screen, which was also a new thing for Dragon Quest 11. Mm-hmm. Um
1: And is, which Pokemon first did that?
0: I think it was Sword uh, and Shield. Sun
1: and Moon, I think. Oh, okay.
0: oh, wait, you could see them on the I don't remember. The, I don't I'm, think
2: that's true. I'm pretty sure because yeah. you could see them and then there were also in addition random encounters. Mm. Uh, And then I think Sword and Shield, they got rid of the random encounters. You can either see them or enter, like, shaking grass where you can't see them, but you can avoid that shaking grass. Okay.
0: (laughs) Well, anyway, uh, I don't know why every RPG doesn't do this at this point, because the whole problem with RPGs is, like, you either are completely blasted with monsters every step and it sucks, and you're just constantly fighting, or you... Uh, have to be looking for monsters all the time so that you can level up enough to do a good job in the game. Uh, And if you can see the monsters from a distance and can easily avoid them, you only ever have to fight when you, the gamer, want to, which, of course, should be the thing.
1: Yeah, that is very good. I do like the idea of roaming around an open world seeing Bidoof's or whatever in the distance. And being like, yeah, I'm gonna go fuck up those Bidoof's. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: no one ever wants to fuck up a Badoop because it's... why?
2: (laughs)
1: What's the point?
2: (laughs) I'm just remembering uh, an RPG I played. Matt, maybe you know what it is. But Mm. uh, when you get strong enough that there's no, like, you'll kill the enemy monster in, in, like, one hit, it just automatically does the battles when they show up and skips them.
0: So, the first game that ever did that was Earthbound, but I know that's not what you're talking about. Right,
2: that is what I'm thinking of, actually. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. I
0: thought you were talking about Blue Dragon, which... Was really interesting, and Louisa. By the way, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any way to play it on the Switch. But if you liked Dragon Quest Eleven and want to play the game that inspired a lot of the mechanics for it, Blue Dragon is that game. All right, I'll take a look. Um, and there is a class that you can level up in that game called the Barrier Mage and they can learn all kinds of different spells, but one of the abilities they learn is to create a barrier around your character when they walk around the world screen, Mm -hmm. and if you encounter somebody who you would be able to beat without taking any damage, it just kills them, and you get the experience. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> that. It's great. And, like, of course! Why is this not in every fucking game? Yeah. There's sure. something oh. similar in Dragon Quest Eleven where you gain an ability to make it so that, like, weak monsters just yeah. don't fight you, but then you don't get the experience for fighting
1: them. Yeah. Speaking of Pokémon, I think it really helped... This might go against what Jeff likes about the game, but I think it really helped when they, once they switched to having... Um, Uh, uh, monsters in your party gain levels without having to be in the active battle, because Uh I remember those early games, putting Magikarp in and then yanking him out of there to have someone actually attack. Sucked!
2: (laughs) I actually, I really do like the experience share, but I don't like that they haven't scaled up the difficulty to match it, because like now you're going into gyms and it's like, cool, all my Pokemon are level 40 and this gym leader has like one level 30 Charizard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's true.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm. The, the thing is, I feel like they are afraid to make the difficulty high because it's a game for children. hmm But also, uh, it makes all of the, like, type matching, which I think is the core game element, like, the core strategy element of the whole thing yes. is yes. the type matching. And it's completely irrelevant because yeah, I could fuck up your Charizard with a... With a um, uh, Bulbasaur, if it was high enough level.
1: Yeah, that's a thing that in when I play games, I tend to focus too much on. like I don't want to switch out a lot of stuff. I just want to have this skill set or this equipment or whatever and just use it and just go through. And yeah. I don't think that helps me really uh, get the best out of a game, especially a game like Pokemon. So yeah. I just tend to stick with exactly the same Pokemon and then just build up to high levels and just use them all the time. But when I've tried to be like okay so if I'm going into this gym and I'm I have I have some Pokemon, I have a bunch at level like 60, but I have some at level 30, and this gym is level 30, and they're the right type to fight this gym. What if I use those? That would be fun, right? It never works out. It's not fun. They don't win. I don't like that. It's
0: never as fun as going in with a non-type specific Pokemon that's level 80 and just fucking ruining the gym leader in one hit. Exactly. I
2: remember remember one time I beat all of Pokemon Red with, uh, like, Level 38 Blastoise and everything else was like level 10.
0: <laughs> yes, I did the exact same thing except with Pokemon Blue. <laughs> um, and,
2: and I, what I, I mean, what I love about Pokemon is you get to play around with uh, these weird systems that interact, right? Uh, so there's like a game to go through, but you kind of have the freedom to build your team however you want and you can really mess with stuff. Uh, but oh. I, I think they've trimmed a lot of that out.
0: Yeah, Pokemon taught me uh, a lesson that I still use in every RPG today, which is that when, like, throughout games you often get a bunch of shit that will help you to improve a character's stats, you know, little skill seeds or skill uh, you know, whatever, boosters, and potions, whatever it is. <laughs> um, only ever use those on your main character. Why <laughs> on earth would you use them on
2: anyone else? That's stupid and crazy. Yeah. Um, like, That's what I like about Pokemon, is none of my Pokemon feel like the main character, not even my starter. I but disagree. you have to... Yeah, I
0: disagree entirely. <laughs> I always have my starter in there until they reach level, like, 99.
1: Yeah, there's your starter, there's the legendary, once you capture them, and then yep. there's maybe a, a type of one that uh, complements your other groups, mm-hmm. and like... The
0: fodder, we call them. <laughs>
1: Well, there's one, like, like I remember Hone Edge in X and Y, I think it was, uh, yeah. where I was just like, ooh, I, I kind of like this guy, and he seems pretty powerful for the attacks I want to do, which is almost always straightforward attacks, which this steel type is very good at. And yeah. so that one just became one of my favorites, and I just worked that one up to a really high level.
2: Um, yeah. I usually feel obligated to keep the starter on my team, the... Um, the, like, usually... Something you catch early, usually the bird Pokémon that evolves twice, because that is, like, the best thing that you can get early in the game. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, those are the, like, two I feel obligated to keep on my team until I beat it. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I don't, don't usually like to keep the legendary.
0: I'm very happy that one thing that they've changed about the Pokémon series that I've only seen people positively uh, talking about is that you no longer have to teach like, moving around the world moves to Pokemon in order to do them. Yeah. Because that fucking sucks. Yes. Why did they think, you've only got four skill slots and you're going to use one to be able to break rocks on the world map? Fuck (laughs) you.
2: Yeah, I, um, I think that that was something that they just kind of kept in because the first game was designed around it. They did not design most of the other games around it. No,
0: it's bullshit terrible. (laughs) Makes me so mad.
1: Hmm, But I'm going to play this new game, this uh, game of the past. It sounds pretty cool.
0: Yeah, Yeah, the idea of being able to throw a Pokeball at a Pokemon without fighting it, like, just that you see around, looks awesome.
2: A wooden Pokeball? Yes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Matt, what'd you do this week?
0: Okay, well, so we took a really incredibly long time talking (laughs) about other stuff, so maybe we don't want to get too deep into this, but... um, I have a uh, an elliptical machine that I've set up in front of my TV upstairs in my loft. Uh, and in order to encourage us to use it, Jen and I have been watching movies and taking turns on the elliptical during the movie, uh, which is a nice sort of way to incentivize yourself to exercise. And we decided, because Jen hadn't seen most of them, to watch all of the live-action Batman movies except for the... Adam West one, and I guess the ones that are mostly about Superman.
1: Mm, so, so did you start with the Michael Keaton Batman?
0: We did, yes. Okay. Which is one that Jen had never seen and many times said, wait, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Because, I think, wow. <laughs> I would have thought she would have liked this because of Tim Burton and his, weird, his weirdness. <laughs> well, We talked about this a lot
0: while we were watching them, and what's funny is, the first Batman movie, no one trusted Tim Burton to do a good job, (laughs) as you can tell by the fact that, like, there's the scene at the end where the Joker is dancing with Chase Meridian, nope, Vicky Vale.
2: The devil in the blue moonlight. Yes. Pale Uh,
0: moonlight. Pale moonlight, yes. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Damn. Um, no, he's dancing with uh, Vicky Vale, and they're on top of a clock tower. And Vicky Vale, for some reason, is like draped over his arms like a rag doll or like a, a marionette with its strings cut. <laughs> so it's a it's an insane clown with a knife dancing with a woman in a pretty white dress who can't move her body. Mm-hmm. And I turned to Jen and said, "Did you know that Tim Burton directed this movie?" <laughs> because yeah. Um, it's extremely Tim Burton shit. But (laughs) Jen's response was, yeah, but why is she limp? Like...
1: I thought she was gassed or something,
0: wasn't she? Wouldn't that be great if that was the thing? But no, (laughs) Uh there is no indication at all of why she's suddenly incapable of moving her body other than Tim Burton thinks this is cool. And maybe it gets him horny?
1: I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not huh, sure Maybe they cut some scenes, I don't
0: know. Yeah, I'm certain they did. But watching the movie, you can see little glimpses of Tim Burton yeah. stuff, but most of it is clearly like, no, you have to do a Batman movie. Yeah. They threw that out the window yeah. with Batman Returns. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's like,
0: full on murder circus, here we go. Holy shit. Yeah. The fact that the fact that the scenes the fact that the penguin who has no connection to circuses whatsoever <laughs> all of his minions are insane like circus people. Yeah. It's not even just freak show people because that would make sense mm-hmm. but it's not I think there's one bearded lady but everyone else is like acrobats and like yep. dirt bike riders and stuff. It's he had so to weird.
2: Get, he had to get all of that joker energy out that now that he had like a blank check to make a sequel. yeah
0: it's really a shame that he couldn't have because that would have been great. If the Joker in the first one had circus-themed thugs, that would have been incredible. Yeah. Instead of, I guess, hip-hop-themed thugs?
2: It was the 80s. I I know. <laughs> I, I, it's hard to forget that. Uh, I dislike both of those movies a great deal.
0: Here's the all thing, right. though, and you're not gonna like this, I think Batman Returns might be the best one of all of them.
1: It is pretty good. I do remember it. <laughs>
0: It's so good. It's so interesting. The v- depiction of Catwoman is maybe the best depiction of Catwoman they've ever done. And oh, I can
2: agree with that, and I barely uh, remember anything about the movie.
0: And <laughs> what's interesting is, looking at it now through a modern lens, you forget how i mean i'm certain this wasn't something that was scripted but rather something michelle pfeiffer brought to the table because she's a very good actress um you genuinely see uh selena kyle go through like the emotional response to the trauma of her boss trying to kill her yeah uh in like a way that is so real that it's a little bit disturbing to watch
1: Yeah, and Um, then she's a badass with a whip, so it's all okay.
0: Well, no, but that's what's interesting, is, like, (laughs) there are lots of moments where you're like, oh, yeah, she's a badass with a whip, she's okay, but then you still see her, like, doing all of the things that people who suffer genuine trauma do.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's
0: really interesting. Like, there's the part where she and the Penguin get together to, like, to frame Batman for killing the Ice Princess or whatever.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, what? Yeah. Yeah, it's a Tim Burton. Movie, all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, and and she thinks they're just going to like kidnap her, but then the penguin pushes her off a roof, which is the exact same thing Christopher Walken did to Selena Kyle earlier yeah. in the movie. And she like freaks out and gets really upset. I mean, I think they could have done more with that, but I do appreciate like she is a criminal, but she's. Only a criminal because she's dealing with this, and when she's reminded of her trauma, it's not good.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so, it's a good movie. It's I'm,
0: surprisingly great.
2: I I really like. Uh, I I think I posted a video about this in our Discord, maybe. Um, where, or no, I think Louisa was ranting about it. How <laughs> the Mar the Marvel superhero movies are so chaste. Uh, oh right, and Have yeah. like oh, no goodness. horniness to them. Yeah, which does yeah. so um, me. That those Batman movies are maybe the horniest superhero movies in history. Yeah, <laughs>
0: holy shit, man! Oh, it's the fact. Okay, the fact that Vicky Vale has sex with Bruce Wayne after not even their first date, just having dinner at his house accidentally, <laughs> is crazy. <laughs> Not because, like, obviously she's a she's a modern woman, she can make her own decisions about her sexual partners or whatever, but Bruce Wayne is so fucking weird! <laughs> <laughs> she wakes up after having sex with him, and he is standing in the window looking out at the bat signal, which is weird enough, but hanging upside down from one of
1: those inverted sit-up machines. Yeah, yeah. it's good stuff. Like, what? <laughs> it's like, Mich- don't... Considering the casting, it's ironic, but it's like, it can either go with the way that he's Batman, or that he's Patrick Bateman, and he might yes! kill you, he might be about to kill you. <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: Uh, oh, Mich- man. Mich- for, ex- uh, for contrast, Michelle Pfeiffer plays uh, another character who should, in a movie, be very horny, uh, Janet hmm. Van Dyn, the Wasp, uh, hmm. and in that movie, her husband is Michael Douglas, and it's yeah. still not horny at all. Yeah, well,
0: they're both very old. In
2: Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas play a married couple of characters who you would expect to be uh, have very horny energy because they turn giant and small.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, nothing's allowed to be horny Totally
2: chased. Yeah, Yeah. it's
0: weird. Meanwhile, in this movie where she plays a uh, metaphorically, perhaps literally, victim of sexual abuse... She is so fucking horny all the time.
1: <laughs> is she hornier like... than the Schumacher Poison Ivy, though, is the question?
0: Yes. Uh, oh, well, hmm. Yeah, it's I mean, and I think she's more horny. realistically horny than yeah.
1: Schumacher Poison Ivy. Sh-
0: Schumacher True. Poison Ivy is like, ah, yes, I want to use my poisons
1: to kill you and then yeah. fuck later? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Yeah, she's just his... May West, who's threatening to fuck you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He, Joel Schumacher
2: just put Uma Thurman in a drag queen outfit. Like, it's that type of horny. (laughs) Uh, It's that style of horny, rather than, like, genuine, mildly disturbing sexuality of Catwoman. That's true, but I think it's very good for
1: a villain to be using her sexuality aggressively to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Jen
0: very much liked that Poison Ivy because it is very inspired by um, a lot of, like, uh fashion designers who made things purposefully ugly or threatening. (laughs) Um, She's wearing gloves a lot of the time that are just a direct like, a green palette swap of a Schiaparelli uh, yes. design. And I think that that's interesting. With I the obviously picked yeah. up on that. But, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's definitely something Joel Schumacher would have done on purpose.
2: Uh, I'm going to say something uh, that I think would have gotten me beaten up when this movie came <laughs> out, but Uma Thurman is easily the best part of it. Like, her performance is excellent. Yeah, yeah
0: yes she is definitely the only one who gets it when you watch the movie she knows
2: knows she's she's in in. a comedy
0: yes Um, but also god that movie is so shitty it's (laughs) insane how shittily bad that movie is oh
3: my god
1: (laughs) I I think 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 that's the way I felt before it came out when it was all hyped up and oh we're gonna go to the movie theater and see the new Batman yes after that it's shitty but once you know that it's shitty seeing it on TV now it's kind of fun It's a little boring,
2: though, because George Clooney Mm -hmm. doesn't understand that he's in a comedy. That's true.
1: No one else
0: knows, and, like, (laughs) Alicia Silverstone is uh, the wildest pick for Batgirl ever. (laughs) (laughs) The scene where they are reprogramming the uh, telescope to thaw the city after Mr. Freeze freezes it, and they're like, well, uh, Robin's like, "Mm, I'll handle programming this computer, little girl. (laughs) Yeah, and then she's like "Uh, I'm a computer science major little boy and then she has to use a keyboard (laughs) Alicia Silverstone has to like believably mimic using a keyboard is insane
2: (laughs) also they show a close
0: up of the keyboard and it's not a QWERTY keyboard (laughs) what
2: is it what is it Dvorak what is she using
0: I I don't know the first letter is C
1: (laughs) Oh, that was great! <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh, Christ! It must have been easier to find a Quirky keyboard. So, uh, not which is best, but which is the Batman movie you and or Jen, if they're not the same movie, enjoyed the most of these Batman's. We both agreed that Batman Returns was the best one, mm-hmm. and
0: I enjoyed the I Batman Forever. Okay, because I love the Riddler so much. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Jim Um, Carrey does a good job in that. That's
0: a Mal Kilmer Batman, right? He doesn't. He doesn't do a good He job. doesn't
2: play the Riddler, but he does yes. deliver a good performance as the, the Joker in a green costume.
0: The thing is, if you cut out 30% of his performance, it would be the perfect Riddler. But, <laughs> every once in a while, they're just like, okay, now do Jim Carrey shit for 30 seconds, and he's like, <laughs> making up songs and dances and extending the syllables of words for some reason. <laughs> yes. And you're like, is this your thing, Robert? Yes, it is
1: his thing. He was Dr. Robotnik, and that's all he did for huge. No, no, of that
0: no, movie. no! I know that's Jim Carrey's thing. Is that the Riddler's thing? Oh, the answer, right. no. of course, is no. Right, um, but that
1: one um, was a very good. Uh... Nope, I lost it. It wasn't very good. good. I take it's that back. A good
0: bad movie to watch. There's the fact that okay, we need to talk about this. We'll move on shortly, but we need to talk about this. <laughs> the Riddler, Jim Carrey, Edward Nigma, yes. Decides to become a supervillain because he re- he develops a technology to suck out people's brain power. Great. Yeah. Right. He is trying to decide what costume to wear because he lives in Gotham and that's how it works. And he understands that I that's fine.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: He already owns many pieces of merchandise that are wearing the Riddler costume, and he's like, "I'll just use that." <laughs> Why do those things exist? <laughs> Why is there already a merchandise for the
1: costume for the character you haven't become yet? (laughs) Maybe there's another Riddler and he's taking out the mantle. (laughs) And they never talk about it. He owns a fortune
0: telling machine with a guy just wearing the Riddler costume in it. (laughs) Oh, man.
2: Uh, Delightful. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why?
0: I do like that the guy in the fortune-telling machine doesn't have legs, because he's, like, a, you know, just a torso or whatever. Yeah. And the first time you see him wearing the Riddler costume, Jim Carrey is just wearing green tights, Mm -hmm. and in my mind, he just took the outfit off of that (laughs) fortune-teller and then realized there were no pants.
1: (laughs) That's very good. Um, it would have been good to yeah. see him watching TV late at night and seeing the Matthew Lesko infomercials about getting uh, money from the government.
2: <laughs> and yeah, then, like dude, that yeah. would
1: be great. That would have worked. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: Matt, did you re- did you revisit the Christopher Nolan trilogy?
0: Yes, we did. Uh, which Jen had has not seen. We we have not finished yet. We haven't. Um, Jen had not seen Dark Knight Rises, uh, and we are halfway through. The Dark Knight, and Jen was like, this movie is boring. Oh no! <laughs> and I was like, you're right. I think it's it was my favorite of that trilogy, but she is absolutely correct that it is the boringest movie. <laughs> because... So much of the movie is people sitting in interrogation rooms being like, hmm, but you know the mafia does this with their money. And then other people being like, yeah, but that's illegal because of statute 478B. And then another person being like, 478B, we could apply that to this legal rule. And you're like, is this a fucking Batman
2: movie? Yeah, I love it. Oh man, I love Batman just talking about like, uh, uh the bullet trajectory means that they violated the tax code. No,
0: th- that that is at least Is it ethical
1: to tap into people's phones or not? Who knows? (laughs) That is at least
0: tangentially related.
2: It's fine. It's ethical if Batman does it once.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That stuff is at least tangentially related to Batman doing stuff. True. But the whole middle of this movie is about financial crimes being investigated by Rachel Dawes.
1: It's the intergalactic senate of Star Wars of Batman. Yes! It's wild how boring that part is. (laughs)
2: love it unironically
1: Uh, now those movies uh, are kind of flirty but you're right they're not horny at all even though batman has sex in them
0: yeah and he only has sex in the third one and only with a woman who wants to poison him to death (laughs) i mean that's which is the horniest kind of sex we all know
2: (laughs) christopher nolan makes completely chaste movies that have no emotions in them uh, and i genuinely enjoy every movie of his that i've seen see i kind of like
1: batman's I was going to say, I kind of like Batman's flirting with Catwoman. I don't. I like Catwoman's flirting with Batman, because Batman yes. doesn't really flirt. Because
0: Anne Hathaway is genuinely charming in a way that no one else in those movies
2: is. <laughs> uh, I, I feel so bad that the excellent characters of Tom Hardy hamming it up as Bane and uh, Anne Hathaway getting to be, like, a goofy Catwoman are stuck yeah. in that movie that kind of doesn't make sense. Just,
0: Joseph Gordon-Levitt is good as <laughs> yeah. a, like... As Robin-esque.
2: Oh, spoilers! Robin-ish. Spoiler alert. By Robin, the way, Robin-esque is when Batman's sidekick is like really voluptuous. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> By Chris. the way,
1: do you, Jeff, you probably know this. Louisa, do you know why he's called Robin? Um, it's to do with uh, the the trapeze stuff of his uh, uh, circus family,
0: right? What is what do you mean it's to do with that? How is that to do what is that? How does that relate to the word robin?
1: I thought that was something on a poster about him that he flies like a robin or something. So in the Joel Schumacher version, okay. he
0: does have a motorcycle helmet with a robin painted on it. Uh-huh. Because When his brother's safety line snapped, he he came in and saved him. And his dad said he flew in like a robin. That's where I'm getting it from. Which is nothing. Yeah, I (laughs) know. No one has ever said that. But anyway, the the like actual reason, Jeff. Do you know?
2: Uh, Like in the comic books, yes. Uh, he's named after Robin Hood, right? Yes,
0: that's correct. So, Bob Kane was like, we need to make Batman more popular with kids. What do kids like? Robin Hood. <laughs> let his sidekick
2: Robin Hood. It was the 40s, so kids did like Robin Hood. I yeah. know,
0: but it's so
1: funny that that's why people in... still stick to that stupid name. <laughs> You're lucky he wasn't Davy, named after Davy Crockett the other thing <laughs> the kids liked in the 40s. Oh my god, with a coot-skinned <laughs>
0: Oh, that'd be great. Oh,
2: good stuff. Uh, Is it time to do the premise of this show now that we're an hour in?
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it quick. Uh, So, I got a random word, and the random word was
1: argument. Yay, this is going to be boring, huh? Is it going to be a bunch of law stuff?
0: Oh, man, I am so bummed out at the idea of somebody needing desperately legal advice and coming to WikiHow.
2: Yeah, come on, there's Reddit right there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: that's just for tree law. (laughs) Remember Tree Law? Remember when we did that page on Tree Law?
1: I don't. No. (laughs) I don't either.
0: Oh my god. We did a whole thing about how Reddit is so horny for tree law because damages to trees are like wildly insanely valuable even though they don't seem like they would be. Like mm. if your neighbor cuts down your tree, you might be owed over a million dollars because that tree could provide shade for a thousand years or something.
2: Yeah, I mean that's my shame. money and I want it now. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Uh, um yeah. How- all these are well, I mean
1: a lot of these are about law
2: stuff. Closing argument. Opening argument, write an argument.
0: I feel like we can cover all of the law stuff with one blanket advice, which is to, like, go second first of all. I don't know if they yeah. let you choose what order you go oh, in, yeah. but if you at the, go
2: at second. The coin, if you win the coin flip, choose to go second. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes.
0: And then when uh, the other guy or girl finishes their argument, you get up and you go, men and women of the jury, you could believe all the things my colleague
2: just said, and <laughs> then you win instantly. Yeah, you do like,
1: the jerk-off motion while you're saying that. <laughs>
2: You do the jerk off motion while they're giving their (laughs)
1: opinion. Very good. Good
2: idea. (laughs) Like, visibly roll your eyes. Like, ah, here we go. Yep.
0: Or, like, the little circles next to your ear, like the person's crazy.
2: (laughs) Hold up a sign uh, that has a baseball and a plus sign and a screw. (laughs) (laughs) Hit them with
1: a big anvil. (laughs) We're just doing Looney (laughs) Tunes stuff, (laughs) Harry.
2: I mean,
0: the Looney Tunes never lost a
1: legal argument, as far as I can recall. Oh, that's a good point.
0: <clears throat> and law is all about
1: precedent, so there you go. Here's one I don't understand. Maybe you guys do. Play the improv game Same-Sided Argument. I don't know that improv game.
2: Never heard of it.
1: All right. <laughs> I don't know it either. Okay, then. <laughs> never mind. Same-sided argument seems like a bad improv game. But then all improv games are bad improv games. I mean, that's true. Avoid controversial religious arguments. Never talk to anybody about religion. We all know. Yeah,
0: I mean, I feel like every time anyone gets into any kind of religious argument, I just want to be like, we all believe dumb shit, though. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I believe things that are definitely not true, and I know they're not true, so don't we, yeah. we all need to come to the table admitting the fact that some of the stuff we believe is true and some isn't, and no one knows which is which.
1: Yeah, do not think about it too much. That's the problem. If you get into philosophy and really start to think about it, that's when you go nuts.
2: Yep, it's true. Yeah, that's, how, that's how one becomes the Joker.
1: <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. exactly.
2: He's just a guy who took a philosophy class and thought about it too much.
0: Uh, How to escape a circular argument? You need to summon David Bowie to uh, get the puppets to stop harassing you. (laughs) That's everything Uh, that happens in the labyrinth, right? Yeah, pretty much. Just evolves into a circular argument with harassment puppets.
2: All of these ones about how to resolve arguments, the answer is stop talking and walk away and go do something else.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've ever been in an argument. I mean, I th- I know that there are some people in the world who are much better at holding grudges than I am, but I've never been in an argument that the next day didn't feel like I just want to be over. I just want it to be done.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. Speaking of the opposite of that, there's one, how to save an argument for later. I don't think you can. <laughs> if you can be like, all right, I'm not mad about this now because I have to go to work, but in eight hours I'm going to be mad about this all over again. I don't think you can do that.
0: I don't know though, because I've definitely gotten into arguments before with people where they'll be like, hey, like, could you, you know, rinse your dishes before you put them in the dishwasher or whatever? And I'm like, oh yeah, sorry. And then instead of it being over, them being like, this is exactly like when you borrowed my car that one time four years ago. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't think it is. And why didn't you yell at me about this then? (laughs) Yeah. I don't uh, want Matt, this Matt, to be the thing anymore.
2: Why have you been transcribing all of my conversations between me and my mother? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, I just, it is wild to me that I do believe there are some people in the world who keep, like, a file of facts in their mind of all of the things anyone has ever done to wrong them, so that when that one thing happens that starts an argument, they know what to refer back to.
1: It just seems like so much effort. Here's, here's the other part of that, though. <clears throat> not just for arguments, but for other things in life. I'll mention something to someone about themselves, and they'll be like, whoa, why do you remember that? And it's like, I don't know how to not remember it. So, I don't know how to not remember the arguments.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't get a choice in what things I remember and don't remember.
0: (laughs) I think there's a difference between remembering things, though, and like throwing them in someone's face. Which is getting like, I think that if, if you remember it and you're like, hey, like, could you rinse your dishes? And then they're like, oh, yeah, sure. And then you're like, just so you're, like, just so you know, like, every time we have spaghetti, you forget to do this, could you do this in the future? That's that's a different thing than being like, and also you wrecked my car, asshole! Like, well, that's a, we already did that one. That's a different thing <laughs> and unrelated to this, you just want to say more things to make me angry. <laughs> well, yeah, I just-
2: already <laughs> won you a replacement car by keeping my hand on the car the longest in that <laughs> mall contest.
0: Mm, I don't like you saying keeping a hand on a car jeff when there's a name for that and it's way better what is the name Mm -hmm for that that? Mm -hmm. hands on a
1: hard body jeff oh ew (laughs) i know it's so good that i just think those people already know how to save an argument for later and the problem is that you don't know yet no, I, That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like this
0: person, whoever wrote this question, was like, every time I argue with my girlfriend, she always remembers all these things that we were supposed to argue about before. How do I remember so that I can not lose every argument? And I don't know that you should want to do that.
2: Um, there's a bunch here about programming, but there are two here that don't seem to fall into any category and I don't understand them. Mm -hmm. Uh, the first one is write a Rogerian argument. Yeah, I don't Uh know. Uh, and the second one is, uh, oh, I've lost it. Deal with that first argument. (laughs) What does that mean? That's gotta
0: be a relationships thing, right? Like, the first time that you and your partner
1: have a fight? Yeah.
0: That must be. Uh, uh, and I guess yeah. I will say break up. <laughs> yeah,
1: why not? It's Here's like the thing. <laughs> Just fucking do whatever you want to do. Whatever occurs to you in the moment. And if it works out, then your relationship is saved. If it doesn't work out, it's over. It's too late.
2: Yep. Uh, yeah, don't have arguments.
1: Yeah. Oh, there we go. Or or i mean here's
0: what i will say as genuine advice for whenever you get into an argument with anyone ever is your your body your like lizard brain is going to immediately jump to how do i like fight back against this person and if you can quell that part of you and instead really listen to what the other person is saying and try to understand why they feel that way you will be able to win every argument that's also <laughs> how you can escape
1: a circular you will, argument you will be
0: giving them the thing that they are that they want like anyone who's arguing in good faith, the thing that they want is for you to listen to them and understand their point of view, even yes. if you don't agree. Yes. If you just do that immediately, they they cannot argue with you anymore.
2: Yeah. I, I think that it's, it's hard because, like, most of the time, I I think I've developed a reputation as being someone who likes to argue. I hmm. hate to argue. I hmm. despise it. <laughs> what I, uh, I... I just have in the past and i think i've mostly gotten over this but you know not always some some days are bad uh i have a compulsion to uh tell people when they're wrong and i hate when people are wrong uh you
0: you often believe that someone is wrong when they're just stating an opinion (laughs)
2: yes
1: that's true.
2: I'm perfectly willing to argue about dumb pop culture things, although yes. for the most part, I really, uh, I've shifted to I just want pe- I I want to know why someone finds like a movie I don't like interesting. Yes, like if someone's like, oh, I've never uh, I've never seen Star Wars, I'll be like, oh, I wonder why.
0: Uh, <laughs> why you you're what clenching pl- your fist so hard that blood drifts out? <laughs> yeah, I just
2: want to know oh, why. Okay, louder and louder. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm gen- like I'm genuinely interested. Like because it's such a big cultural force. Like, did you just miss it? Did you intentionally avoid it? Yeah. Do you want to see it? I'm interested to hear your opinion as someone seeing it for the first time, 45 years later. Yeah. Yeah um that type of stuff uh and it's it's so much more productive when someone likes something you don't like to be like oh why do you like that tell like explain to me what things you like about it so that my opinions can expand
0: it does it does it it's a lot harder to do it the other way around when someone is trying to tell you that something that you genuinely enjoy is bad. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Yeah, like you with
2: Mario.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
0: because it's hard... I mean, this happens to me fairly often because I love trash, and it's hard to separate the person saying, I think this thing is bad, from them saying, I think that you are stupid for liking this thing. Yeah. Um, And... And that's not... Sometimes people do mean that, and those people suck. But I think it's okay to say, like, huh, well, I I like it even though you don't find merit in it, but that doesn't mean that I'm a bad person.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people um, get into a mindset, probably when they're young uh, and they stick to it, because I hear teenagers do this all the time, Mm. that if they like something... Is this skateboarding?
0: Is this a skateboarding trick?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If they like something, it's a kickflip. And if they don't, Mm -hmm. no, Uh, if they (laughs) like something, it's good. And if they don't like it, it's bad. And if something is bad, other people are wrong for liking it. Yeah. Right. Um, And that is such a weird attitude. Uh, And, you know, it's one that I definitely had until like my twenties when I decided not to, because getting, getting mad about Batman Uh is a choice that you make and you can just stop making that choice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, if you I mean, are able to stop making that choice and other people are like, Batman sucks, you shouldn't like it, and you're just like, well, that's your opinion. If you can honestly believe that, you are coming out the winner in everyone's eyes.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, I mean, I still like it. I don't. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me if you don't like Batman because it doesn't make it any less enjoyable for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When when Jen and I first started dating, I have a Back to the Future poster on my wall, and uh, like after several months, Jen admitted to me that she didn't like Back to the Future, and she was <laughs> like, "All my previous boyfriends were so mad at me when I said
1: this," and I was like, "No,
0: I get it. It sucks, <laughs> but it's, it's I a, love it. It's
2: a it's a, a real boy movie."
1: Hey, I love Back to the Future. Fuck you, Jeff. You like a lot of things that are traditional boy things. (laughs) I mean, that's true. I will say one thing I think that worked out well for the way Matt and I were raised is things were really not divided along boy-girl lines for us. And I think that really helped both of our brains.
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, I feel like both Louisa and I... Do a lot of things that are gender coded to be not our gender because yeah. we never really had that worldview.
2: Yeah. Yeah, which is okay. nice. I think hippie hippie mom plus British ancestry equals, like, you don't fall into that, uh, not uniquely, but especially American trap of media is gendered.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I do feel like the British culture stuff did, like, more toxically enforce gender roles than maybe any other culture in the world for a long time, (laughs) but also the the expressions of masculinity and femininity were less toxic than the american versions of those by which i mean like while i think that british culture did a lot of like what it means to be a lady or a gentleman and all of that stuff it was never well what it means to be a gentleman is to enjoy hurting other
2: people.
1: Yeah, the American military-industrial complex has really taken over culture in a creepy way. Yep.
2: Yeah. Uh, whenever someone I see online points out, uh, yeah, those Marvel movies are government-funded military propaganda. I'm like, yes, they are. Yeah. Uh, and I would also like to see Ant-Man punch <laughs> Kang the Conqueror in the nards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Like, I still want to watch them. Yeah. (laughs)
0: It's it's criminal that Paul Rudd didn't have more to do in those movies. Yeah, he's so good.
2: He gets. I like that he gets to uh, do some stuff in Endgame because he wasn't in Infinity War at all. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. His his like
0: unlocking of the secrets in Endgame is really good. Actually, (laughs) that whole intro sequence is amazing. It's very good. Yeah. (sighs)
2: Um, Do we have any other types of arguments? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no,
1: as you're saying that, I want to say there's one that is jumping out at me, which is just, uh, write an evaluation argument of an obituary. What? Do people evaluate obituaries? And what what would an argument for that
2: be? Like a review? Like (laughs) five stars?
1: evaluation argument sounds like you're trying to prove an obituary wrong. See, I was thinking you're
0: trying to prove that somebody was valuable when before they died.
1: Oh, like you're arguing yeah. against Thoth when he's weighing your heart against yes, a feather. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh hmm. this is this is what I did with my life. This is why I was worthwhile. Yeah.
1: Do you argue with Saint Peter, or does he just already have the things, and you just have to agree with him?
0: Mm, I, uh, from what I
1: understand, it makes me think of those like
0: mean professors, where if you tried to argue that they graded your thing wrong, they just made you, give you a lower grade. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, like, now, now you're I'd going feel to like, hell.
0: Yeah, like Saint <laughs> Peter would be like, "Well, you did this," and you'd be like, "No, that was good actually." You'd be like, "Well, you
1: contradicted me, so you're going to hell." <laughs> the end. You were just going to limbo for two years, but now hell, hell yeah. forever. <laughs>
2: It's my understanding that St. Peter stands at a lectern with a giant book open that has everyone's uh, sins in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And
0: then recently dead celebrities come up and he makes a joke about them.
2: (laughs) Exactly. He has like one thing to say related to the one thing you were known for in life, and then Mm -hmm. you go in and get to uh, hang out with like George Burns. Yeah. Okay, so when you get
0: to St. Peter and he has a one liner for you, what's it going to
2: be? I like this. Oh, no. Uh, my fear is that it
1: would be something that doesn't make sense to me, and then the entire rest of my existence in heaven, I'd be like, what, do people think that about me? What was that? <laughs> and you just, you don't know.
2: That's how you secretly know that you've been to hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I love the tricky secret hell that sometimes yeah, comes yes. up,
2: especially with yeah, Twilight it, Zone.
1: <laughs> I do think
0: it makes me so fucking mad when Twilight Zone does the stuff where it's like, <laughs> ooh, the the real hell is the fact that you get everything you want. Like,
2: fuck off, Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, no it isn't. <laughs> like, uh, I, I love the idea of you get to the pearly gates and St. Peter just, like, makes a surprised face at you, like, Oh uh, yeah, I guess.
1: Come on in. Wait, uh, <laughs> hey, wait, what was it? And he's that's... like, no, no, go ahead. <laughs>
2: no, it's it's fine. I don't think it's a mistake. Uh, and then yeah. That's and then, hell for you. Yeah. And he does that thing where he
0: maintains eye contact while <laughs> writing something in his book.
1: <laughs> what are you writing in there? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. There's nothing wrong. Go ahead.
0: Why is my Why is my name on the R's page? <laughs>
2: He puts a, he like pushes a button and whispers into a little microphone as you go through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine, no problems. Yep. Oh man, uh, yeah, I think that the argument is for uh, making sure that an obituary is bad. That's weird. That is That's weird. What we want to do. I don't know. <laughs> I tried to Google it and could not find anything coherent. <laughs>
0: Uh, I think we should finish on, does anyone have anything else that they really want to get to? I don't think so. Okay. I think we should finish on the one here that I think the internet really does need to know, (laughs) which is the answer to the question, how to win every argument using logic. Oh God. here's, Here's the answer to this. And here's the answer that everyone needs to hear. You can't and you shouldn't. Yeah. So don't.
2: If you're trying to win an argument, you have already lost because you're participating in an argument. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and also, anytime anyone says, mm, well, your position doesn't work because of pure logic... They are lying, and they are not arguing in good faith, and you should stop arguing with them.
1: Yeah, everyone's logic castle is built on sand, because it's all our Mm -hmm. soft human brains putting all our biases and specific information into it. Yes. If you make a logical fallacy
0: in an argument, and somebody points it out, and you're like, oh, you're right, let me form a new argument, you are doing good at arguing. If you are you always assume that your argument comes from pure logic and everyone else's doesn't, yeah. then you are a libertarian and you should probably go fuck yourself.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, the thing that took me a long time to learn that is absolutely true, and you will never convince me otherwise, <laughs> is that being nice to people is more important than being correct.
0: Yes. That is absolutely true. Yeah. And that's, a, like, that's good. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and it's not logic-based, it's feelings-based, because we are feeling creatures. We are not computer machines, so you shouldn't be arguing from a basis of logic. You should be arguing from a basis of making sure both people feel good at the end of it.
0: Yeah. And that's way easier. You don't need to (laughs) learn any laws of logic. Just be... Look at their face.
1: Do they... Are they doing a crying face? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then stop. (laughs) Stop. And also, you got to look at what you want to get out of an argument. If you think we should fund uh, libraries more and this person thinks you shouldn't, you're not going to get them to agree with you by just shouting them down with a bunch of statistics. Like, what do you want to get out of this argument? You want them to agree with you about libraries. So you try to work in what they think is the problem or what they would like to get out of it, and you can maybe reach an agreement that way. Mm-hmm. They're only going to dig in if you're like, no, statistically this number and this number.
0: Yeah, and yeah, it's it's really important to recognize when the person you're arguing with doesn't want to yes. argue; they want to
2: waste your time.
1: That's yep. bad faith. Yeah, <laughs> learning to recognize Which bad is faith important.
0: Most
2: arguments, true. Just start with an ad hominem attack. And be like, <laughs> oh, this person's this person's a stupid asshole, so I'm not going to argue with them, and you mm-hmm. win. <laughs> yeah. Good,
1: we've solved arguments.
2: Yep. Yep.
0: Look at their Twitter bio. (laughs) If they have anything in there that you don't agree with, then you can just disconnect with them immediately. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Yep. All right, well, thanks everyone for listening to the show. Hopefully we've taught you a lot about how to argue (laughs) in a good way. Is, there, is that possible? No. No. Nope. No. Mm. Well. <laughs> the thing okay. we
2: learned was don't ever argue with anyone because it, it's a waste of time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so if you so don't argue with me when I tell you to go to <laughs> yeah. iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use and rate and review us and tell all your friends about the show. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with us to, to ask us questions or suggest words for us to use uh, in future episodes, you can tweet at us at HackTheNetPod. Or you can join our Discord to talk to us by going to uh, by by messaging us on Mastodon. I'm on Mastodon at Matt Heron at Mastodon
2: mastodon.social slash at JeffJK. Jeff JK on Snapchat and Instagram is where you can find me. Uh, Matt, did you den- mention the Discord? I spaced out for a I second did, there. Yes. <laughs> okay, I
0: did, yes. I did mention the Discord, but you still should join the Discord, because we do have really good uh, discussions with our fans on there.
1: <laughs> I like that, Jeff, you said you spaced out. I believe you, but then you also, on autopilot, did giggle a little bit when Matt accidentally said, Discard. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: I think I was probably giggling at whatever I was distracted by.
1: <laughs> you saw a butterfly outside the window.
2: Yep. <laughs> and I was like, is this a book?
1: <laughs> and you can find me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz.
2: Alrighty, well
0: thanks everyone for listening to the show. Uh, please come back next week. In the meantime, we are your net nammies.
2: Don't read the comments. Do your job!